Our first episode is inspired by National Public Radio's now-retired podcast, This I Believe. For this assignment, students were asked to write about a core belief or value they live by. In this episode, students explore personal definitions of success. Our first piece comes to us from Mina, reading her essay, Improve, Not Perfect. Improve, not perfect. You always hear the phrase, practice makes perfect, but when I was in middle school, I learned the valuable meaning of practice makes better. This adapted version of the saying wasn't to discourage us into thinking that we couldn't achieve perfection, but rather to teach us not to be discouraged when we can't get something, because as long as we're practicing, it's getting better. The same teacher that told me practice makes better also told me to say to myself, I'm not there yet. Humans are imperfect, so we shouldn't so we shouldn't be seeking for perfection in everything we do, but instead seek improvement. I believe that in everything you do, you should focus on getting better instead of being frustrated by not being able to perfect something. I was a fencer from third grade to seventh grade, which is a long time, but I really wasn't ever that good. I would constantly focus on one thing and try my very hardest to have perfect form or perfect execution and then get really frustrated when I couldn't. I was always annoyed that people were getting better faster than I was. I quit in, second, in seventh grade after I came in last at the regional competition in my age group. Looking back on my experience, my frustration at never improving as well as everyone else was, or just not being as good as them, is what helped me back. No matter how much I practiced, I still wasn't good enough for the real competitions. Back then, all I could think about was perfecting everything, but I didn't realize that I should just focus on the small things. Practicing to be better instead of perfect on the smaller aspects of my performance would have added to my overall performance. When I was first given this advice, I really didn't think much of it. It was just another one of those things that teachers say to motivate you. I don't get motivated very easily, and I usually don't take advice. At first, I just brushed it off like most other advice that was given to me. But then, last year, I made the CDMMEA Jazz Band. CDMMEA is a band competition for high school and middle school age kids in Massachusetts, and getting in was big news, especially because this was the first time I had actually auditioned for it. This was my first really big achievement with my trombone, and it's really when my teacher's advice hit me. I hadn't gotten to the point I was at because I was perfect, but because I had practiced to the point where I was so much better than before. This time, I didn't focus on not being good enough, but rather improvement. If everyone were to think like this, maybe that there'd be a little less stress. A little less, I'm not good enough because I'm not perfect. A little less, I can't achieve what I want to. A little less, I should stop trying. And a little less of people striving for perfection. Next is Belle with Passions Over Pressure. Passions Over Pressure. I am often referred to as the smart kid. I get good grades, take honors classes, and spend plenty of time studying. People typically assume that because I score well, I'll be attending an Ivy League school and pursuing a career as a doctor, lawyer, or scientist. Highly esteemed professions. Now, what if I told you that I hope to be an artist? an unpredictable job that doesn't require high grades at all and has considerably unreliable pay. I believe that when choosing a career, one should prioritize one's passions and all other pressures should be disregarded entirely. Three months ago, I became a freshman at Algonquin Regional High School. Algonquin is an outstanding school, bragging a 98% graduation rate, high rankings in academic excellency, superb test scores, and exceptional extracurricular activities. We have plenty of smart kids. 
Within my first month, I'd met students who excelled in law, business, computer programming, and physics, to name a few. They were already engaged in internships, had won awards, were presidents of clubs, and had plenty of outside-of-school training. On top of this, the majority of them were skilled in a sport, were fluent in multiple languages, and played an instrument. Each one was headed for wealth, prestige, and success. And so, I doubted myself. I often felt like just existing got me out of breath, let alone playing an actual sport. In addition, the extent of my musical career was my fourth grade school trumpet lessons, which I walked out of after two weeks. They were boring. Most people seem to always assume that I have everything figured out like the aforementioned kids, but I don't. I loathed myself for not being passionate about subjects such as science or law, and became so desperate that I tried to force myself into enjoying things that I knew I didn't care for, like playing an instrument or sport and taking prestigious math and science classes. When I finally reached the height of my crisis, I stood back and questioned things. <laughs> I did have something I was passionate about, the arts. I loved to create things, writing, painting, drawing, or sculpting. I had a creative mind. Learning about the concrete facts of life bored me. I saw no challenge to it. I yearned to explore the undefined and unknown, which to me is the most difficult task of all. Yet I had denied and dismissed my artistic passions because they didn't lead to conventionally smart people professions. In fact, they were seen by most as lazy. Upon further contemplating my motivations, I concluded that the reason why I had hoped to pursue a more honorable career was because they paid more and other people would think highly of me. I convinced myself that earning more money at an honored job would make me more happy. I could buy expensive foods and clothes and go on luxurious vacations. In the event that it were to arise in conversation, I could tell people that I was a doctor or lawyer and they'd immediately label me as intelligent. But in truth, I knew this wasn't realistic. <laughs> in our world, we are taught that having a big house, a nice car, and societal approval will bring us joy. But it won't. Material objects can't make us genuinely happy. It's been proven over and over again. Furthermore, a label by others, whether it be our friends, families, or society in general, should never be valued over our own happiness. Some people spend their entire lives slaving over jobs they despise for 10 hours a day purely to satisfy their parents, gain esteem, or fill their bank accounts. At that point, it doesn't matter whether or not you have a million dollars. You're not really happy. Some of the happiest people live in tin shacks in the slums doing what they love. Our jobs are the biggest aspects of our lives. We spend a quarter of our time just to prepare for them. Far too many people are blinded by greed and societal pressure and follow the idea that money should be valued the most, while our jobs are merely time spent in between real enjoyment. But it's simply not true. I believe that when choosing our careers, it is imperative that we focus on what we love to do. Our next essay examining the topic of success comes to us from Zoe with Life's Competition. Life's Competition by Zoe Okers. Humans are social beings, so it comes hand in hand that they need validation. But validation from peers shouldn't come at the price of pushing others down. 
I believe that life, something we're all just trying to get through, should not be viewed as a competition. People generally want to be the most liked person in the room. This is fine when it's kept to oneself, but the want to be the most likable person can manifest itself into a twisted competition between the people in the room where everyone is a contestant and everyone is a judge. Validation in and of itself is the recognition that a person, their feelings or opinions are valid or worthwhile. So in that sense, most humans, including myself, seek validation almost every day, especially from family and friends. For example, when you ask a friend how a shirt looks on you, that's seeking validation. When you ask if your sibling, if they are okay with eating at a certain place, that's validation. All humans need this attention and validation in order to thrive. But when that need becomes so strong that someone shames another person in order to receive it, it's gone too far. Individuality is a great concept and should be sought out, but not at the cost of everyone else. And that despite the constant pressure to be the best, everyone develops, learns, and grows at their own rates. They should not be sped up or slowed down to compete with others. This need for motivation can be brought back to the root of all humans' need to feel love and belonging within a group or with another person. But what does it truly take to acquire that need? And is validation a limitless source? If it is, why do we feel like we need to fight in order to receive it? Instagram, for example, screams validation, posting pictures for likes and comments. Almost every time I post something, I don't just put my phone down and forget about it. Even if I'm not actively reloading my page, I'll check every now and again to see who liked it, how many people liked it, how many people liked it in comparison to my last post. And I know for a fact that this is not a personal problem and that most people do this as well after making a post to social media. This habit, however shallow it may sound when written down, is harmless and actually helps the person doing it to feel more confident as more and more people like the post. But my belief is not based on a specific post. It's based on the relentless competition between people all over the world to get the most likes, to discredit her or to expose how selfish she is. When did everyone become so desperate for self-validation that it turned into a monstrous cycle of attacking another person to rise to the top only to be attacked and sink back down? This competition that we're all trapped in, however suffocating it may feel, can be escaped. I believe that in order for all of us to win, we have to pick each other up instead of pushing each other down. That way we can all be on top of the world. Our final essay about success is read by Ian with his piece, Working Leads to Success. Working hard leads to success. I believe in working hard to achieve something in your life. If you work hard, you can go to college and work hard and get your dream job and make a lot of money. If you work hard, there will be great rewards. If you work hard, you can overcome challenges and be successful. My parents told me to work hard in everything so I could do my best work. Once when I was young, my dad gave me complex math problems to help me get more advanced in math. I could never do systems of of equations. I never fully understood how to solve it, so I just filled my work in with random answers so I could be done with it and move on. But my dad caught me. He was looking at my homework and saw every problem was wrongly answered. I, I explained to him that I didn't understand the problem. He then told me that it was very easy. Of course it was easy for him. My dad told me to think very hard about the problem and to understand the problem. I stared at the problem for a minute. Then I realized that I was being very dumb and I couldn't see the answer because I was too lazy to try and understand it. I was lazy, so I failed. 
At the end of this, I realized the problem was easy, and I just didn't even try to solve it. If I had worked harder before, maybe I could have understood the problem on my own without having my dad having to help me. Ever so often, I get assigned a huge project or a hard homework assignment. During the time I should be working on it, I find myself heavily distracted. I binge Netflix, play games, watch entertaining videos. It's like an obsession with having fun. I know I should be working hard on my assignment, but I can't pull away from having fun. I usually end up doing the assignment late at night. I then realize that if I had worked harder, I wouldn't be in the situation. My dad told me that I had to work hard, so in life, when something challenging happens, I can work hard to overcome it. Sometimes I'm very lazy, though. I don't like to work hard, but I understand that it is needed to accomplish something in life. I now believe that if you work hard, you can be almost anything you want to be. All it takes is a strong mind and determination. If you get lazy, you can relax, but your best work won't happen. That's exactly what happened when I once wrote an essay when I was in 7th grade. The essay was comparing the movie and the book versions of A Christmas Carol. As always, I waited until the last day to actually finish my draft. I was being lazy and had fun on days I should have been writing. Because of this, my focus was on finishing the essay, not making the essay better. I realized that I should have worked harder and finished it before, but now I was stressed out that I had to finish the essay before the due date. Because of this mentality, I got many low scores on essays. I had to change it. During my short life, I've learned to believe that I have to work hard in order to be successful in life. I've had many experiences that have led me to believe this statement. That's why I believe in it.